Hey, hello everybody. This is Pastor Lenny from New Life Ministry, and I want to welcome you. I want to thank you for joining. And if it's not your first time and you're familiar with us, I want to thank you. My wife Lori and I both want to thank you. The ministry wants to thank you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because of your wonderful letters and messages and texts, encouraging words, uplifting words. I just appreciate you guys so much. And I'm also very, very grateful. This ministry is very, very grateful for those of you who, who give your financial supports and blessings. Uh, without you, we couldn't be. We love you. We're still on kind of a vacation, a holiday vacation. Uh, we're in combination of South Carolina with my in-laws. And then today we head back to Charlotte, North Carolina. It's only about 30 minutes away from each other where we'll be with my daughter, Allie Johnson. And uh, hopefully I'll be making some some streams with, uh, with Allison. I know many of you like my daughter, uh, really enjoy my daughter, Allison. Um, outside of... Um, myself <laughs> and my wife. Allison is my favorite uh, minister, my favorite preacher. So let's dive right in. <clears throat> um, first of all, I want to let you know something. It's my heart, my wife's heart, the heart of this ministry is to assist you in capitalizing on your benefits on capitalizing on your privileges, the promises, your inheritance, the great inheritance. The blessings that are all yours through Christ Jesus. All. You are fully qualified by the Father for all. They are yours. There's no work to be done. There is no effort needed. There is no performance issues. Jesus, Jesus, God's perfect, holy, righteous sacrifice and offering. He accomplished. He did. He met the requirements. We just reap because of faith in him. And my ministry, through the Holy Spirit's leading, and this is the Holy Spirit's leading, is to smash all guilt, all shame, all condemnation, and to smash the thought of there being any hindrances to whatever it is, to whatever it is God has promised you and you are looking for to manifest in and throughout your life. The only hindrances we have are the hindrances that we've accepted, that we've allowed to become viruses in our souls. And so we smash any thought of hindrances and we let you know that you are, you can, and you have. That's our filter through faith in Jesus Christ. New creation realities. You live in the new. 
As Jesus is, so are you. We will only address you in the way and the manner and in how we would address Jesus Christ himself. We will only address you in the way that God our Father would address Jesus Christ his Son. Because that's the only way the Father would address us the way he addresses Jesus. You see, because of Jesus Christ, because of being born again, because of being one spirit with Jesus, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Because of the fact that we are one and we are united, the only way that the Father could look at us is the same way he looks at Jesus. Our approval rating, your approval rating with God the Father is through the roof. We enjoy the same approval rating that Jesus himself has. And you can't do anything to cause God's approval rating to be any higher than it is because it is soaring right now. S-O-A-R-I-N-G, soaring right now. It is high as it's ever going to be. And there's nothing you can do to lower it. Because we're one with Jesus Christ. We're united with him. You know, one of my favorite verses, and then we're going to dive into today's, today's lesson. One of my favorite verses, plural, is found in Romans chapter 6. And I'm going to read from verse 4. 5 and 6 starting with chapter 4 uh, chapter 6 verse 4 baptism pictures how we were co-buried together with Christ in his death then it powerfully illustrates how in God's mind we were co-raised with Christ into a new lifestyle it's beautiful we were like seeds planted together in the same soil to be co-quickened in newness of life. If we were included in his death, we were equally included in his resurrection. That's powerful, guys. Equally, equally, equally by God. Verse 6, we perceive that our old lifestyle was co-crucified together with him, the old man, the old nature. This concludes that the vehicle that accommodated sin and sickness in us was scrapped and rendered entirely useless. Our slavery to sin and sickness has come to an end. Why? because we're united with Christ and we're one with Christ. You are united with Christ, you are one with Christ. First John 4, 17, as he is, so are you. That's the only way we will address you, in the way that we will address Jesus. And that is the way you should be addressing yourself. That is the way we all should be addressing each other. If we wouldn't say it about Jesus, we should not say it about ourselves or each other. If we would not say, Jesus must not be, fill in the blank, 
believing or a believer or, or he must be doubting. You know, if we can't say that about Jesus, we should not say that about ourselves. We always talk about speaking life, speak life. Well, we need to adhere to what we've been saying. We need to speak life, speak words of life. And, and by speaking words of life, that means we only address ourselves. We only address each other in the way the Father would address Jesus the Son, the way we would address Jesus the Son. Because that's the only way the Father addresses us and looks at us and sees us. That is our true new identity, new creation reality because of faith in Jesus Christ, period. So we've been doing a session, a series, a question and answer per se, a series of questions and answer where there's a panel. We've all seen them. The questions asked to the panelists. The panelist takes the questions and then they give an answer, heartfelt answers. They all have the heart and mind of God in that they want to see the body of Christ freed, freed from, you know, from the bondage, especially of sickness. And, and they give their heartfelt answers. But you know, something is always missing. Someone is always missing on that panel and it's Jesus. So what this series is doing is it's, it's exploring the question of well, what would Jesus say? What would his answer be? And, and I concur that, uh, and hopefully you will too, if you're listening to these sessions, that many a time Jesus's answer would be different. So this is this is part this is part five, and we're going to be asking question number four. And again, I'm going to let you guys know that I love you, my wife, Pastor Lori. We love you. We we pray for you. Let me tell you something. Everybody that 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 comments, everybody that asks a question, I respond to. I, I love you. We're family. We're family. Many of you call me. Many of you who, who, who live within a close proximity, I've visited. We're family. And I love each and every one of you. And I'm going to let you know that you guys, you guys are my heroes. You're my heroes. I, I, see, I see what you're facing. I see what you're finding yourselves in the situations. I, 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 I hear, I listen as you tell me about the pain and the struggle and how you're persevering and enduring. You are my heroes. I applaud you. I'm never ever going to tell you that you don't believe enough or you don't have enough faith or you're not standing enough. No. I want to say those things about Jesus. I'm not going to say them about you. You're my heroes. And what Holy Spirit is leading this ministry to do is just to keep letting you know you qualify. Your approval rating before God is through the roof. There's no work, effort. There's no performance issues. You are. You are. You are a believer. You are. You can. 
you have. As Jesus says, so are you. We just want to get you to fix your, your eyes on Jesus, your ears on Jesus, you know, your eyes on your benefits, the promises, the grace, the favor, the blessings. And again, smash every hindrance because there aren't any. The only hindrances that exist are the ones that we have accepted. We have allowed to become a hindrance by thinking. So the next question we're going to look at, and this is question number four. So if you haven't, you know, heard question one, two, three, you know, parts one through four, uh, please go back. Go back and, 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 and listen to them. You'll, you'll be blessed. So question number four is, is coming before Jesus, is coming before God in desperation and not necessarily in faith, right? Dis does that disqualify me from receiving my healing? Because, you know, we're often told, well, you, you come to Jesus, you know, it has to be real faith. It has to be true faith. It has to be, you know, God faith. And, and that is true. But what if, what if I come, you know, and I'm not in that place and I'm at the place of desperation? You know, perhaps there's nothing else the doctors can do. There's no other help that the doctors can give. And, and we find our situation, it's, it's lost, desperate, and then we turn to God. I used to, I used to be, I used to be of a different mindset, and I, and I repented from that. In other words, I, I made a turn, a 180 degree turn. I used to say, sure, you're going to come to Jesus when the doctors fail, or, you know, or you're going to go to the doctors because Jesus failed. I mean, I, you know, I think because of the situation that Jesus walked me through, the life-threatening cancer that Jesus brought me through, took me through, and provided healing when I was told there was only a 2% chance that I would live, it has, it has, redirected my soul towards the true grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his true love, his true mercy. And now, I'm telling you this, reap what you sow, God sowed in Jesus Christ. And Pastor Lenny reaps because God sowed. I thank God that I don't reap what I have sown. Do you know how many blunders I have made? Do you know how many mistakes I have made in my life? And I could look back and I could say, well, thank God. Thank God. We get that scripture from, from, from Galatians where it says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever man soweth, that's what he's gonna reap. And we pull that out of context instead of keeping it in its context. And in its context, Paul is talking about grace and the law and reverting back to the law and leaving grace. Who bewitched you, Galatians? Who bewitched you?
bewitched you. You started out in the spirit and now you reverted back to the flesh. Legalism, the law, circumcision. And that's carried, that theme is carried throughout the entire letter of Galatians. He, he talks about in chapter five, verse one, let us therefore stand in the liberty where which Christ has made us free and no longer be entangled to a yoke of bondage, you know, led by the spirit, not life in the flesh. And that's saying life of grace, not life of law. So when he's saying, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, he, he will reap. If you sow to the flesh, in other words, if you keep sowing to this do-it-yourself system, this legalistic system of law, circumcision, following, following after moons and festivals and whatnot, you're going to reap corruption. But if you sow life in the spirit, the life of grace, the life of faith, you're going to reap. You're going to reap. It's, it's, keep it in this context. Because let me tell you something about, oh, he's going to reap what he sowed. He's going to reap. Every time something bad happens or we look at something bad that's happening, we say to ourselves, oh, they're, they're reaping what they sowed. You know what? If that is your mental attitude, if that's your soul, hang on. You're going to reap what you sow. But not Pastor Lenny. I'm going to reap what Jesus Christ sowed. And, and, in the process of my being renewed to the reality of who I am because of Jesus Christ, because of being one with him, if there is a blip on my radar screen, guess what? I run boldly, confidently, frankly, bluntly to the throne of grace. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. And when I run there, I don't reap what I sow. I reap what Jesus sowed, but what do I reap? Mercy. I come boldly to the throne of grace, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, where I obtain mercy. Mercy, and we all know that mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Every preacher, every minister will tell you that's the definition of mercy. That's what Pastor Lenny gets. And then Pastor Lenny leaves that throne room with the grace he needs to overcome, overpower every situ situation, turn around every situation, be victorious in every situation. That's my mindset. That's what rules my thinking. Throne of grace where I obtain mercy and I leave with more grace. Anyway, let's go back to this question. Come to Jesus in desperation not real faith. Let's see what Jesus would say. We're going to start with um, reading Mark chapter 5, verse 22. I think you're all pretty much familiar with this story. And uh, it's about Jairus and Jairus' daughter. So verse 22, chapter 5 of Mark, it says, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Verse 23, and besought him greatly saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. But I pray you come and lay your hands on her 
that she may be healed. Do you, that she may be healed. That she may be healed. Hmm. That's very interesting. That she may be healed. And she shall live. See, you come, you pray that there might be a chance she might live. She might be healed. She might live. That she may, okay? But anyway, verse 24, and Jesus went with him and many people followed. So now, this man, think about it. Synagogue official. His, his daughter is sick and getting sicker by the minute. And he, he and his wife are very desperate. They don't know what to do. They've tried their herbal remedies. They've tried their, their prayers under the, the Levitical system. They've made their offerings. Perhaps being in charge of the synagogue there, he, 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 he approached some of the leaders, some of the other leaders, and to pray. And, but the matter, the situation was getting worse. He was desperate. He was desperate. Looked at his wife. His wife looked at him, perhaps. Hey, what about the miracle worker? We heard about this miracle worker. Perhaps, maybe. Maybe there's a chance. We, we need to try. It's the only thing left. It's the only thing left to do. He says, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Hang on there, little girl. Hang on there, my precious daughter. Hang on there. Daddy's going to go try and do what he can do. Desperate. Desperate. He goes. He finds Jesus. And through the crowds, he finds him. And he pleads with him. Could you come? Could you come? Could you come, please? Could you come? Possibly, possibly lay your hands on my daughter. Pray for my daughter, heal her. Could you come? And that she might live. Let me tell you something. This wasn't the like the centurion, you know, who's you don't need to come to my place. You just need to speak the word, you know. I understand authority, you know. No. He came in desperation, guys. He came in desperation. We're going to talk about a centurion another time. That's, that's a great story that a lot of people get all wrong. But anyway, he was desperate. He came in desperation. And what does grace do? Grace answers and grace helps. And grace helps overcome whatever it is. The father whose son had the evil spirit who said, I believe, but help my unbelief. The leprous man who came to Jesus and said, well, I know you can, but I'm not certain you will. Uncertainty, doubt, unbelief, right? Just come. Desperation, just come. This is what grace is all about. The grace of God that, that bringeth salvation appears to all men. And it's a appearing to, to Jairus. He heard about this miracle worker and he's just coming. And then when he comes for by grace, through faith, you are saved. They are gifts, not of works, lest any man should boast. And it never, ever, ever changes. And, and if you want to tell in your life, this is it. Well, I need to. 
well, I have to. Well, I must not be. Well, I am not, you know, doing what I should be doing. Well, I am not. Those are tells, guys. Those are tells. You're putting yourself in the equation where this equation, this new covenant of grace equation is Jesus and Jesus only. I just put my faith in Jesus, the covenant between Jesus and the Father. And I enter into it by faith in Jesus Christ. He's met every requirement. And now, because he has met every requirement, I get every blessing, period. And so now, there's an interruption. We know that the woman with the hemorrhage, we talk about that in the future too. And we look at verse 35, and it says, While he yet was speaking, there came from the ruler's house certain people which said, Thy daughter is dead. She died. She passed away. Why trouble this teacher anymore, this master anymore? Verse 36, And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. See, Jesus, this is what grace does. He knows this Jairus was, was desperate. He knows this Jairus was unsure. He knows he was uncertain. Now he hears the report, hey, it's too late. Even if there was a chance, even if there was a chance, she died. He's like, he's like, uh, he doesn't know what to do, what to say, what what to believe anymore. He just doesn't know. His baby's dead. His baby's dead. And so what does grace do? Don't be afraid. This is what great, this is what Jesus is going to tell you. You see, he knows fear can enter in. He knows. He knows. And let me tell you, we're going to deal with fear in the next couple of sessions. We'll be dealing with fear. You know, fear is not Worshiping the devil. Fear is not worshiping Satan. I don't know where you. Some people have asked me that. I don't know where where they heard where they where they've heard that. Fear, you know, as until we get renewed, totally renewed. Okay, there's going to be fear that comes in every once in a while. And what does grace do? Grace doesn't say that's you're worshiping the devil. You're worshiping the evil one. What does grace do? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Just like the loving father whose child, they hear the thunder. They hear the thunder. You know, they see lightning, the, the rain, heavy rains, and, and they're kind of scared. They're kind of frightened. They have fear. And that father takes that child and puts him on his lap, puts his arms around that child. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. That's what grace does. Don't be afraid. Just keep believing. Just keep believing. Just keep believing. And he suffered no man to follow him except Peter, James, and John. And they came to the house of the ruler, and they seen the commotion, and all those that were weeping and crying and wailing greatly. And he came in and said to them, what is this ado about? What is this all about? Uh, this ado, A-D-O. What what, why are you crying? Why, why, are you, why are you doing this? Why are you putting on this show? The damsel is not dead. 
not only sleeping. Just think. <coughs> Jairus' wife was there. She's probably not speaking either. She doesn't know what's going on. Her hope was in this miracle worker. She's seen that their daughter died. Well, they started laughing at him, but he put them out. He said, get out, get out. He put it out. This is what Jesus does. Jesus puts out the unbelief. Jesus puts out the mocking. Jesus puts out the doubting. Jesus puts it out. This is what grace does. Just allow grace to be grace in your life, guys. Smash those hindrances. And he entered into the room where the damsel was lying. In verse 41, he took the little girl by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted, little girl, I say unto thee, get up. And Jesus brought back to life that little girl. And Jairus, desperate Jairus and his wife, who were uncertain, who were unsure, who were clinging on to their last hope. The last bit of hope that this might work. He saw his miracle. So what's the answer that Jesus would give? If I come to you in desperation, if I come to you and it's desperation because of the doctor and, and you know, it's, it's not, I, I, what if it's not real faith? Is that, is that gonna be a hindrance? And Jesus' answer is no. That's always the answer of grace. It's no. So guys, again, I tell you, let's smash these hindrances and no. As Jesus is, so are you. You are fully qualified. You have God's full approval rating and nothing can diminish it. God loves you. Start loving yourself. Don't beat yourself up. I'm not, I can't, I can't do it, I don't have it. Stop that. You're Christ. As Christ is, so are you in this world. Speak to yourself in the way you would speak to Christ. This is Pastor Lenny saying again, I love you guys and I'm so grateful. And I want to put on real quick, because those of, for those of you who've asked how you can support this ministry, keep us going. One very easy way is there's a text to give phone number and it's 845-250-6508. It's on the screen. The other way that's pretty easy is visit our website New Life Ministry MHV dot org org. All one word New Life Ministry MHV dot org. And of course, if you want to do it the old fashioned way, I guess they call it snail mail. Um, you can send your gifts, your offerings to New Life Ministry, 841 Route 52, Suite Number 6. Very important. Fishkill, F-I-S-H-K-I-L-L, New York, 12524. And the last thing I want to leave you off with, if you stumbled across this, this, uh, this session, this teaching, if you stumbled across Pastor Lenny, 
I, I want you to, to subscribe to our channel, Leonard Roller Ministries. Subscribe to this channel. And if this message has blessed you, I am going to ask you to share it. Share it. Because people in the body of Christ need to be freed from these hindrances that have become a virus in their minds. And they need to walk in the fullness of the blessings that God has already provided and given. I love you. And uh, we'll see you in our next session. Walk in your blessings. Oh, come on. What are you doing? <laughs> Honey, it's not that cold out. I don't need a hat. You said I needed a hat.